So today we're looking at intangible assets. <laughs> this is an episode I've been meaning to do for quite some time. It's very foundational, very big, as we could say. So the idea of intangible assets is something that goes back thousands of years and is actually cross-cultural. So you find this in Greek philosophy, ancient Greek philosophy, and also in the Eastern schools of Zen Buddhism and Buddhism and Taoism and even Hinduism. And of course, also it's in the Abrahamic religions, but it doesn't quite go by the same name. It's not always what we're exactly calling it here. It's sometimes known as virtues or life principles or like in the Stoic philosophies, it's like principles to live by, these sorts of things. So whatever it's called doesn't really matter. Just know that it's a very foundational phenomenon of human interest and we're calling it here intangible assets. And the definition doesn't matter because once I give you the examples, it'll become clear. So I've got about 20 or so intangible assets. So these are things that will interest you for your life, for your way to live, for your self-knowledge, for your operating within reality, if we can put it in such terms. Now, of course, before we get into this, I do have to have this disclaimer, which is quite obvious in so many ways, but I I aspire to these things personally, but I am in no way any good at these things. So it is very much a big difference between talking about these things as ideas and actually living up to them. And I'm actually quite terrible in many of these. I, I fail miserably on many of these. So don't take me as any sort of measuring stick. So let's get into it and have a think about some of these. This is the top 20 intangible assets. In some cultures, the list is up to 100 intangible assets or, or even more. So it's actually quite a small list compared to some disciplines or philosophical schools, but at least this is something to work with. At least this is something that we can think about together. So, intangible asset number one. The first one is the ability to harness anger. Your anger is a gift. <laughs> you know where that line comes from? Your anger is a gift. That lyric or that quote comes from Rage Against the Machine, which is one of the most popular heavy metal bands from the 90s. And in fact, all of that genre of metal, new metal, groove metal, even thrash metal, and all the heavy metal subgenres, all of that genre was to do with harnessing anger, empowering people through their anger, using their anger for action, for change in the world, either by protesting political causes or personal causes, relational causes, relational situations, personal understandings even. And that's why that music is so popular and it really hits a nerve and it's really amazing to Get in touch with your anger through music, through heavy metal. Now, a lot of people neglect this in their lives. They either become passive and they don't become angry. Oh, I'm not an angry person. I, d I rarely get angry. I never get angry. I never feel angry. It's been years since I've felt angry. Or they have the anger come up and it manifests in pathological ways, in destructive ways, in hurtful ways, in unconscious ways. And to understand that your anger is a source of energy is very powerful. To become angry for the right reason and to channel that into something is, is very, very powerful. 
And to do it consciously is to do it productively, to do it to your own benefit and to the benefit of those around you. We're not going to rid the world of anger. We're not going to get to a point where human beings never get angry. We can, if we do it for ourselves, get to a point where anger is used as a resource. And that's why this is a personal intangible asset. The ability to harness anger or the ability to channel anger. Of course, there are techniques that you can do to practice that and to get in touch with that. So, the next intangible asset is a bright face. Now, your face, as I've said before in previous episodes and discussions, says something about you. And you can actually use this as an engagement for how you are personally. How does your face feel? Do you feel bright? Do you feel sour? Do you feel happy? Do you feel twisted? Do you feel open? These are all, these are all qualities that tell you something about where your consciousness is at. The quality of your consciousness, the quality of your day, your life, your living. And if you do any sort of deep work on your body and your mind and your life... One of the things you will find is your face changes. Your face becomes relaxed. It becomes bright. And you might not at first recognize it for yourself, right? You might have a friend come in and say, Wow, you're really, gro- you're really glowing. You're really, you look really happy today. And it's not happy in a cheesy kind of like big cheesy grin like hee hee hee, you know. It's not like that. It's more like there's just some deep underlying thing. Because because you can smile, right? Like, I can smile now. I can force a smile. And sort of say, okay, well, I'm going to brighten up my face. But behind that, there's still something sour, right? So, it's not, it's not exactly black and white to see. It's not exactly the only gauge that you can go on. But there is something in that. And... You might even say, well, can you reverse this to say, can I push my face into something in order to become more bright, to become better and aware and advance my consciousness that way? And yes, you can do that. A lot of techniques actually involve a component of that. As a technique unto itself, I don't know. I mean, I have the episode where we talked about forced smile meditation. So, conversation sort of dovetails nicely with this, but to have a bright face, to be able to actually show your true face, that is an incredible thing. And right now, you know, honestly, last couple of weeks, last couple of months, I've had a lot of sour face, right? So, right now, my face is not very bright. And I've had some tough times. I've had some substances, right? Too much coffee. That's a factor. How you sleep, that's another factor. How you're feeling about your relationships, you know, this is another factor that comes in for me personally. And I'm lucky in the sense that I really do have a strong sense of what a bright face is because I've had that experience. I know exactly what it means to have that beautiful glow in the face. So, in some ways, you could say that (laughs) I have a high standard for myself. So, it's almost like that thing of, well, well, how do you assess yourself? Well, you can't entirely. So, that's another intangible asset to have a bright face. Now, next one is a big one and it's a little bit cliched in some ways, but it is resilience in the face of a challenge. So, your intangible asset is to be able to face a challenge. And that includes when you've got a disagreement with someone personally, when you're arguing with someone you love or you're in a relationship with or in your family, when you have a complication at work, when things go wrong, things don't go to plan, when there are challenges, when things need to change. Or, perhaps even more heavy than that, when you get sick, when you have an injury, when you have a virus, when you're bedridden, 
when you have a disease. And ultimately, <laughs> when you have to face your death, right? This is a kind of resilience in the face of a challenge. When you realize you're going to die, when you have a problem that is fatal to you and to be resilient. And it sort of ties in nicely with having a bright face, right? <laughs> Can you have a bright face as your standard of resilience? And resilience in the face of a challenge, I mean, that's something that comes up in movies and stories and the hero's journey in so many ways, right? That's why we have heroes. That's why we admire the people we admire because we see what they've been through and yet they're still strong. They're still optimistic. They're still able to carry on with their life with a degree of goodwill and well-being. So that's that's a big one that really goes across a lot of culture and you'll you'll see that again and again in stories. That's resilience in the face of a challenge. Next intangible asset is sustainability. And I mean this personally. I mean this in a immediate and local meaning because of course we can talk about sustainability on a societal level and a global level and that's great but really the best intangible asset is sustainability and one way to gauge this this is a metric that I sometimes use is if I'm doing something and I want to know if it's sustainable I say, okay, well, what would it look like if I did this for 10,000 years? If I did this again and again and again and again for 10,000 years, what would my life look like? Now, for some things, like a bad habit, like eating junk food, you would see immediately, well, I would get fat, I would get clogged arteries, I would get heart disease, I would become diabetic, I would be low on energy, I'd feel bad about myself, and that would just snowball and compound and get worse and worse and worse. So, eating junk food is not sustainable. Take another example. Well, the work that you're doing. So, right now, we're talking, we're having this conversation. Is this conversation sustainable for me? Well, it doesn't really cost me much financially. It costs me time, it costs me energy. But the ideas are coming, the ideas have always been coming, the creativity is there, it's giving me an intrinsic reward, it's giving me this flow. So really, by all assessments, I could keep doing this for 10,000 years. <laughs> Another example would be, well, what about a personal relationship? Is this a sustainable relationship? Is it going on and on in such a way that there are emotional returns? Your intimate needs are being met. What happens if you lived this relationship for 10,000 years as it is now? As it has been, just judging on the way that it's been. Would you then get to the end of 10,000 years and feel like, wow, what an amazing experience that has been. What a worthwhile experience that relationship was. I'm so full of gratitude for having been in that relationship. And really, we can go on all day with these examples, right? You can do it for finances. You can do it with your health, with your exercise. You can do it with your knowledge. You can do it with all sorts of relationships. You can do it with your experiences. You can do it with where you live. And you can also do it for the things that you use, right? The things that you take. So is your... I mean, this is really where we sort of start to bridge into the sustainability of society by individuals. Is the are, are the resources you are consuming sustainable? To just look at sort of that in one level, it's like, well, how much plastic are you using? How much rubbish are you throwing out? How much product do you buy that has plastic that is going to take years and years to degrade and go into the trash of the environment. Well, times it by 10,000 years. If you kept buying that product for 10,000 years, how many plastic bits of rubbish would there be? And how can you reduce that? 
So really, we can go on all day with examples of sustainability, but let's move on with our list of intangible assets. Next intangible asset is independence from substances. So this is the relationship between chemicals and your mood or your state. Now, the classic example of this is you feel flat and then you drink the coffee, which is the substance, that's the chemical, and then you feel pepped up. You have the cognition busting away. Of course, this is my state right now, right? I just had a coffee and I was feeling flat this morning. And so that's my dependency on that substance. Now, you want to be someone who can live without a dependence on substance, whether it's coffee or drugs or alcohol, right? Whatever the effect, it can be food. It can be any sort of chemical that goes into your body. And you'll notice that some substances really are there, not for the taste, but for the effect on your mood. Differentiating this is really the first step. Like, what foods do you like because of the taste on your mouth and your tongue and the smell? And what foods do you like because of the effect? I'm very, very much big on this. I'm, I've really struggled with this in many ways. There are, there are even foods that I don't like the taste of that I would have for the effect purely for the effect. I'm very much weighted on just my experience and my mood and my immediate sort of state. So that's independence from substances. And of course, that ties into addiction. And so basically, you want to be not addicted to things. So that is a big one. That is very big. Many people are addicted to substances without really knowing it and without really seeing it because it does happen in cycles right? You eat things at certain times of the day. Chances are you're, you're drinking your coffee at a, at a similar window of time per, per day each day. So you're sort of hiding your substance dependencies in the cycle of your day. And really, we can go on about this all day, but let's move on. So next intangible asset is clear thinking. You want to be able to think clearly. That means having thoughts that are clearly defined, they're solid, they're nice and compartmentalized, you know, where one thought starts and another thought ends, and they're slow. They're very much flowing in a way that can be easily observed. Now, a skill that is sort of on top of this or an intangible asset, a personal asset that's on top of this is not just the ability to think clearly, but also the ability to see when you're not thinking clearly. And that really is the bridge. That's really where you start to invest in this asset and you actually start to build this asset. Once you can see, okay, I am thinking clearly right now. My mind makes sense to me. The ideas are happening in a perfectly easy way. Well, that's one side of it. Other times, you can say, no, I'm not quite clear about this. I'm a little bit confused. No, that is a little bit neurotic, or I need to explain this again to myself, or have this sort of passed out in many different ways, whatever it is, right? The ability to differentiate between those two moments and to actually step back and say, okay, well, how do I get from one to the other? That is a skill in and of itself. So clear thinking is underrated and it's very important. It's a very powerful, intangible asset. When you see this in someone in today's world that's full of neurotic trash chatter, well, it really is something amazing. Those people are very interesting to listen to, (laughs) right? And really, they're not doing much. They're just thinking clearly. 
That's all that really comes down to. And you can have that for yourself. You should be wanting that for yourself. Next intangible asset is decision making. So you want to be able to make a decision personally and stick with it. Now in business and work and relationships, a lot of the time, once you make a decision, you sort of have to go through with it, right? So I'm not talking about decisions where once you've made it, then a number of events are going to unfold and you follow through with it no matter what. I'm talking about personal decisions. A decision like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow at 6 a.m. And it's only you that have to hold yourself to it. And it's up to you to set your alarm and to do it. And it's up to you to remember, ah, I made that decision yesterday. Right? So when the alarm goes off at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever it is, then you remember, ah, I made that decision. And really, if you're good at making decisions personally for yourself, it's not a matter of remembering. It's not, a, it's not like once the alarm goes off at 4 a.m., you say, oh, yes, I did say that I would do this, so now I have to do it. That's not what it's like. When you really have this asset, it's a strong asset, and there's no choice about it. There's no question about it. You don't even think about it. You've already made the decision. Right? That phrase, you've already made the decision, really embodies that feeling of being able to make a decision. Because there's no question about it. There's no second guessing. There's no rationality behind it. There's no convincing yourself of it. There's no line of evidence that you need. The decision has already been made. And that, that weight, how strong that is, depends on, well, how strong your asset is, your ability to make decisions. That strength has varying degrees. Some people have a very strong weight behind their decisions. And they can do it for all sorts of personal things. And they can do it again and again and again. Other people have none of it. They make a decision and then it flops. It's gone. They, for, they forget all about it. They don't even remember that they made the decision. So that's decision making. And that, well, we could sort of expand more on what it means to make a decision in a business context and a work context. But that's sort of a different thing. Next intangible asset is a strong voice. So you want to have a strong voice. And this sort of dovetails nicely with clear thinking. And let me be clear, a strong voice doesn't necessarily mean forceful. Like this kind of talking we're doing here, this is quite forceful. Like I'm quite confronting, I'm quite pushing out. I'm sort of like almost assaulting you with the ideas. I'm trying to push the idea onto you to sort of get you to have it. That's not necessarily strong talking. Strong talking is, well, it's intangible. This is why it's an intangible asset, because it's quite mysterious. It's sort of that you know yourself, you know what you need, you know what you want, you are willing to oppose but not be aggressive in a situation where it's unclear and you're trying to bring clarity and it's something that you can bring out within you that comes from something very deep which trumps the flimsiness of the situation, right? So a strong voice example would be when you're in a situation and there's something flimsy or there's something shallow and you say something deeper, you say something more meaningful, you say something more truthful. It's really an echo of truth, right? Your voice is just an echo of your connection with your personal truth. And that is very different to having like a, a stubborn will, right? To have an agenda or an impulse and to really like want to force a idea or a situation onto someone else. That That is very different. So a strong voice is a very powerful asset and it has to be distinguished from 
being forceful and trying to manipulate people or trying to have a power over someone else. All right, so the next intangible asset is seeing beyond surfaces. This is the ability to see beyond the surface appearance of things. So if you look out your eyes, then you see, well, just whatever is in the room with you. And if you're by yourself, then, well, there's not really too much variation as to what to see as to what's going on. And even if you do, well, spend a little bit of time to look around, then you see, well, what is actually going on? I mean, this is what happens. I mean, am I thinking too fast right now? Let me just try and (laughs) let me try and just make this a little bit more clear. Each object that is in the room has a reason for being there. It says something about who lives in that room, why someone would be in that room, what kind of things are done in the room, right? So you can look into a room and see what sort of things happen in that room, which is not exactly happening right now, right? That's, that's just one sort of step of seeing beyond the surfaces. Now, if you're in a room alone, this game is, is sort of straightforward and you can do it at your own pace. Now, when it gets really interesting is when there are other people in the room and they are talking and they are actually interacting. That's when, the, that's when this whole world opens up into this huge thing, right? There's this whole other universe that is going on. Really, when two people meet and interact... That's two universes colliding, right? Just imagine the Andromeda galaxy and the Parsis galaxy. I've forgotten what galaxy we are. Doesn't matter. Imagine them clashing. That's what's happening when two people interact. And it's so much further beyond than what you just see. And I'm not talking about just psychological analysis. Right? Of course, as psychologists, we feel, okay, well, we can put a analysis onto it, which is very elaborate and explains a lot and is very interesting. And that's great. That's good. But there's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah? The psychologists don't go deep enough. They don't see really what's happening. Psychology, in many ways, is a hindrance to truth. And the secret to understanding that is to see things beyond their surface because psychology becomes a surface of its own, right? How do you get deeper beyond the surfaces of psychology? So seeing beyond the surface appearance of things is an intangible asset. Now, next one, we have connection with silence. It is an intangible asset to be able to connect with silence. Silence is a vast resource. It can help to contrast against your experiences and your perceptions and your notion of what reality is. It can bring you peace and ecstasy. It can bring you wisdom and insight. And these are deep values. These are high values, (laughs) deep or high. (laughs) Silence is very much underrated. Now, there's a funny example that comes to mind or an anti-example that comes to mind, which is with Gary Vaynerchuk. So Gary Vaynerchuk, you might have heard of him. He's a very popular motivational speaker, right? Very successful in the business world and investing world. And his shtick or one of his little things is that he hates silence. And this is an impoverished 
consciousness. This is just dirt poor awareness. It's neurotic. It's lacking in peace. It's lacking in awareness. It's lacking in good vibrations. It's lacking in complexity of surrounds. It's lacking in depth of experience. Right? There's, there's so much that you miss out on when you don't have a connection with silence. And in fact, that's actually one of the approaches we can take with all of these. What happens, and we've sort of been doing it as we go along, what happens when you don't have these intangible assets? What does your life look like? Well, we talked about harnessing anger and pathological anger. When you don't have a bright face, well, then you have a sour face. When you don't have resilience in the face of a challenge, well, then you have defeat. When you don't have sustainability, well, then you have scarcity. When you don't have independence from substances, well, then you're just stuck in your addictive cycles. When you don't have clear thinking, you're confused and muddled. When you don't have strong decision-making, then you have just a flimsy way of living and you're just being blown about by the wind. When you don't have a strong voice, then you lack truth and you lack independence. When you don't see beyond surfaces, then you get so confused because you think things are the way you think they are and then you get shocked by things. You get shocked by what someone says or by what someone does or by what is in the environment that's around you. And when you don't have a strong connection with silence, you are just impoverished on so many levels. Not being peaceful, being one of the biggest levels. Peace is so underrated. Peace is so misunderstood. Peace is neglected. Peace is in so many ways, just shunted, forgotten about, pushed to the periphery. And how different this world would be if peace was central to our lives. And the secret to peace is silence. It's connecting with silence. Now, I have quite a lot to say on silence, so we are going to have a separate conversation just about silence sometime soon. So, Let's move on, but let's at least plant a flag there. Next intangible asset is grounding. So we work with this on a physical level, but it goes through all of the levels of our being. So you want to be grounded in a literal sense in that you want to be able to feel what it's like for the soles of your feet to touch the ground. And from there, we build through all of the different ways in which that works. So you want to be able to feel the weight of your feet on the ground. You want to be able to feel the weight of your body on the ground. You want to be able to feel the pull of gravity as you become less balanced and more balanced. Grounding and balancing share a close relationship. Also, centering. Centering, we sort of get into something else, but grounding, centering, balance... These are all things that we work with. So physical level, very much an important intangible asset. And if you get the physical level right, then your emotions, your mind, your relationships, your behaviors will fall into place. And we've talked about this many times before. The best way into it is through Qigong practice. So I actually have an online course on grounding and centering practices for deeper Qigong awareness and practice. So you can go ahead and check that out. That'll be on my Udemy profile. So grounding is very important. The next intangible asset is the ability to fly. And I don't mean the ability to fly as in physically. I mean in many other ways, such as the ability to fly with your feelings, the ability to fly with your mind, the ability to fly with your dreams, the ability to fly with your relationships, 
the ability to fly with where you're going. And in many ways, this is related to grounding because you need grounding, you need solidness. And to work with that, in contrast, you have flying. (laughs) And my story went that I became very, very good at flying, (laughs) right? I had these huge imaginations. I had these huge dreams. I went off into other worlds. I went off into all these, you know, amazing experiences. And then I learned, (laughs) someone came along and tapped me on the shoulder one day and said, you need grounding, (laughs) right? And then I had to work on that, right? But some people come at from it the other way. They have grounding and they see that that is something very valuable. That's a valuable asset. And they need to work on the flying, right? They need to go out into the cosmos. Astral projecting is another example of flying. Now, next intangible asset is totality. And this is the ability to go all in. This is the ability to bet the house on it, as the phrase goes. Another phrase my one of my teachers used was, go for broke. A friend of mine and had this same teacher. And he came to me one day and he says, well, what does this phrase, go for broke, mean? What does it mean when he says, go for broke? And, and really, I don't know what my teacher meant by it. I don't really know what his intention was, but what it meant for me was it meant when you go to the casino and you bet on the roulette wheel or whatever gambling it is, and you bet on one number, all of the money that you own, your whole house, all of the payroll, everything, right? This is sort of the classic (laughs) thrill-seeker gambling, you know, staple that happens again and again in the movies, right? And the reason it's called go for broke is because if you put it in, of course, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose the lot. You ain't going to win. The odds are always against you. And so you're broke. You've lost everything. But that ability to go all in, to be total, that's actually an intangible asset. The ability to really invest, to give it everything you've got, that is an intangible asset that will serve you in so many ways. Now, of course, (laughs) I'm not advocating financial stupidity. Please be careful with your finances. This is something that we all need to pay careful attention to and actually be very intelligent with. So, don't mix up the metaphor. (laughs) But... The principle is there. Be total. That is an intangible asset. Now, here's the next intangible asset. This is related to going all in, going for broke. And this is the ability to give it all away. The ability to lose it all. The ability to say, ah, I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to start again from zero. This is another way of sort of brainstorming this, or this is sort of like the thought experiment version of this. What would I do now, today, if I had nothing? If I had no money, no following, no job, no place, where would I start? What would I really be working on? What would my vision be for working towards something good and work with that? And that can reveal a lot about, well, what you're wasting your time with. And what's not worth investing in? What's not worth working on? Another phrase that comes to mind is, some things in life are worth any price. I believe there was an Australian hip-hop artist that had that lyric. Illy, was it? He said, some prices, some things are not worth checking the price tag for. Or, or something like that, right? I can't remember the exact lyric, but the, the same idea was there. This is the same as giving it all away, right? The ability to go all in and the ability to give it all away. This also occurs with commitment in relationships, right? A lot of people don't 
a lot of men, we should say, let's be real here, a lot of men don't commit to their women long term. I'll tell you why. It's because they have something that they don't want to give up. And usually that is the hope, the chance that there might be someone better for them. There might be someone else for them. Of course, if a, if, if a man meets a perfect 10 out of 10 girl, there's no issue with commitment, right? <laughs> if he's with someone who's out of their league, there's no commitment issue. Funny that, isn't it? Has anyone ever noticed that? Shouldn't be a surprise, right? So this ability to actually go all in and to actually put out the idea of going with another woman is what is holding a man back. Now, the answer to this is for the man to recognize it and to see it in himself and not to fall into this idea that, oh, there's some better woman or some worse or I'm trying to get what I want for myself. The realization to have is that I'm going to work with this person and I'm going to work with it in such a way that it requires me to go all in and I'm going to be committed and that will bring a deeper relationship. That will bring a better relationship. I believe Jordan Peterson was talking about this exact thing and the way he put it was that there's some games you can't play unless you're all in. And that's exactly what he means. That's exactly what he's talking about. And really this example of giving it all away, right? Like to give away to give away your whole life. If if you can give away your whole life, then you can easily commit to someone. Right? If you say, "Oh, I want to work on my career. I want to work on my creative projects." I want to work on my other relationships. Then that's just your life stuff that's stopping you from being with someone. But if you can give it all away, right? <laughs> then that's an incredible freedom. And really, there's so many ways in which we can do this angle, right? It's not just with committing to a relationship. It's also... We can also do this the other way around, right? You can say, how are you going to commit to your career? How are you going to really dedicate yourself to your creative projects? Is it because your relationship is holding you back? Is it because your commitment to your intimate partner is holding you back? Maybe you should just give her away. Just give it all away. Forget about it. Go totally into something else. And this whole dynamic, all the way around, right, it, it doesn't matter from which angle we come at it or from where we explain it or which, whichever example we populate this with, the intangible asset is the same. The intangible asset is there as a personal skill, which is really the skill to navigate all this, right? <laughs> so you can say, you can, you can sit there and say, well, well, which is it, Dosta? Should I commit to my girlfriend or should I work on my career or should I, you know, look out for myself? Should I find someone better for me? <laughs> right? <laughs> which one is it? Well, that's exactly the intangible asset. That's exactly the skill. So that's the ability to give it all away. Let's move on to the next intangible asset. Inspiration. The ability to be inspired. This is the ability to see a movie and to go, wow, that was an amazing movie. The ability to listen to a piece of music and to go, ah, oh, that is amazing music. The ability to go to the art gallery and to see those gorgeous paintings those amazing paintings that I have no idea how they do. Even as someone who actually has done some painting, <laughs> right? I'm not exactly ignorant in the techniques of paintbrushes and art. And yet still, I am just so blown away when I go to the art gallery. And inspiration goes for many levels. It's not just films, music and art. It's also personal. It's also in terms of events. It's also in terms of 
architecture. It's also in terms of historical figures. It's also in terms of intellect, right? It's really throughout your whole experience of life. Next intangible asset is the ability to admire someone. To be able to put someone on a pedestal in a fair assessment way and in a healthy way, that is a powerful intangible asset. Now, of course, this can be done in a pathological way, right? You can idolize someone and put them as your messiah or your leader or your boss in a way that is unhealthy to you, in a way which allows them to take advantage of you, in a way that keeps you blind, in a way that keeps you unconscious. And yet, this as an intangible asset is very important. You need to be able to think the best in people. You need to be able to have the possibility within you that there is someone incredibly good in this world. And that can do so much for your optimism, for your outlook on life. To know that there are people who are just extraordinarily beautiful and talented and and higher consciousness and and with this amazing intellect and and whatever metric or gauge or for whatever reason it is, right? It's just this high thing. It's admiration. To have that ability is a very important thing. So the ability to admire another person, that is a very important intangible asset. Now, next one. Family and relationship resolve or family resolve and relationship resolve. As a human being, you were raised in some sort of family and you had unmet needs, you had trauma, and you had things that went wrong. Now, you can hold these things as grudges. You can hold these things as pain. Or you can resolve and heal the trauma, heal the pain. And of course, this is a very deep subject that goes into a very vast and wide-ranging spectrum, right? Some people really do have some serious issues. And I'm not downplaying that. I'm not saying that there's some easy, quick-fix approach to that, right? Some people really do struggle hard with this. Some people have very dark backgrounds. But to get to the point where you can be resolved with your family, that is a very important intangible asset. And that sort of correlates with your relationship resolves. And in fact, the therapist would say that these two things are related, right? Because your relationships as an adult are just going to echo your conditioning in your family situation, however that was when you were a child. So it's going to come back to get you in many ways. Now, not everyone does this. Not everyone has this asset. And not even by (laughs) their own assessment, right? Because they can tell themselves, oh, no, I'm good with my family. Oh, no, we're resolved. Yeah. No, I've got no problem at all. Yeah, great. No, wonderful to hear from you, right? But you hear how fake that is. You hear how shallow that is. This sort of dovetails nicely with the asset of seeing beyond the surfaces. Right? Oh, I don't I don't really talk to my family because we're good. <laughs> so fake, so shallow, and so obvious to someone who can see beyond the surfaces that you have not resolved your family issues. And it's going to come back to get you. It's going to come back to haunt you. And that's if you're lucky. If you are lucky, it will come back to haunt you. If you are lucky, you will have the opportunity to confront those issues and to work through them and to find that resolve. If you're unlucky, 
you will avoid it for the rest of your life. And you will live on a shallow level. You will miss out on the deepest wealth that life has to give. It's, it's literally like not having a million dollar investment when you could have. You'll have a zero, like, like what would you rather? A zero dollar investment or a million dollar investment? And really, family resolve is worth a lot more than a million dollars. It's worth, that's worth like a billion dollars. Like if, if we were to equate these with money, like if, well, man, this is just like a mind-blowing thought. This is an incredible thought. If we were put to, to put a dollar figure on these intangible assets, they would be worth like a billion dollars each. So what are we up to? Like 18 or 19. So this whole list is worth $20 billion. Ah, man. To, to think. So that's family resolve and relationship resolve. Now, next intangible asset. Stay with me. There's not many more. Pride and humility. Now, this is a tricky one, and this is sort of where we edge on to Greek philosophy or Greek virtues. To have pride in a healthy way and humility in a healthy way is an amazing intangible asset. Now, when you look at pride, these these things are very closely related because pride is actually one of the seven deadly sins, right? To be proud of yourself, to assert yourself or to put yourself forward or to think highly of yourself. That's one of the seven deadly sins. And humility, well, that's often in a lot of Christian theology seen as a good thing, right? But that's just the the Christian conditioning or the Abrahamic religion, Western sort of conditioning, right? And this result, this sort of resolve or this sort of dynamic is something very important to take care of because humility is very much humiliation on one level, right? Humility and humiliation. It's so funny how those two words are actually the same word, but have very different meanings. And no one would say that humiliation is a good thing, right? Humiliation is when someone puts you down publicly and you're made to feel very small. It's like, come on, man. Life is tough enough. We don't need any of that. We don't need any help to look stupid, <laughs> right? We don't, we don't need any help to see the... Uh, <laughs> To see the stupidity that's within us. <laughs> well, you know, that that's a funny dynamic. But this thing of, well, should you be proud? Should you be almost arrogant in a way, right? I mean, no one likes arrogance, but should you feel good about yourself? Or should you be humble? That's a paradox that's resolved in this intangible asset. When you have this intangible asset... You really know what pride is. You really know what humility is. And it's so clear to yourself and to everyone else around you, right? You push it out. It comes out of you naturally and it manifests in the world. Most people don't have this. Most people are, most people are proud of things which are stupid to be proud of, right? They assert that they are so proud of themselves for having this personal quality or experience or life component and it's like man if if I was you I wouldn't even tell anyone about that <laughs> right why are you telling me this like you're proud of it again <laughs> right and then the same with humility some people humble themselves when it's so obvious well you're just taking the spiritual high ground and some people even humiliate themselves when really it's like no don't do that I wonder if I'm guilty of that. I'm sort of starting to I'm sort of starting to to put myself in. <laughs> right? I mean this is this is one of the things for me to talk, right? Because I would say something and think, "Oh, whoa, hang on. Is this me that I'm talking about?" And it's like, of course, well, it's it is always me that I'm talking about. So, next intangible asset 
indulgence. The ability to really indulge in something. To really enjoy a big bowl of ice cream. To really enjoy sex. To really enjoy drugs. Drugs! Yeah, drugs! To really enjoy a chocolate eclair. Oh, mm, I love chocolate eclairs. Profiteroles, cream, donuts. Oh, Now, this is related to gluttony and actually dovetails nicely with independence from substance abuse, right? And substance dependency and addiction, right? So you want to have the ability to really be able to indulge in yourself and yet not become addicted. How do you do that? That's so impossible. That's so tricky. And it goes on all levels. It's not just for the raw hedonism, right? It's not just food and sex and drugs and stimulation. It goes for all things. And let me tell you, let me tell you what the ultimate indulgence is. This is the deepest, most incredible indulgence you can find on the face of the planet as a human being. It's love. Love is the most extravagant indulgence because it's total. It's the most intense indulgence I've ever had. And I've done DMT, right? (laughs) Love is better than DMT. And really, we could spend all day talking about the mechanics of love and the experiences of love and what that means on all the different levels. That's a different conversation. We've, we've talked about that in the past and we will talk about it again. But at least that's enough for indulgence. Now, next intangible asset is memory. The ability to remember. And this isn't just in the little practical sense as in, oh, you remember that person's name or you can remember that phone number or you can remember that password, right? If only I could remember all my passwords, things would be so much easier, right? I don't mean that kind of memory. I mean memory as in what you have been through, what you have experienced, the memory that is personal to you and not on the level of the cognitive shape, the digits and words in your mind. Memory on the level of the image of it, the feeling of it, the sensation of it. And really, I'm talking about transomatic experiencing or non-location experiencing. So, I actually have an online course on non-location experiencing. That's called time travel and time dilation techniques or lucid dreaming techniques. And if you want to learn to remember more deeply then that's a course you can do. All right, so now we come to the last one on my list, the last intangible asset, and that is size. And really, the main point with size is bigness, vastness, but it can also mean smallness. So the ability to see how small something is. I mean, this is a paradox which is connected, right? Big and small, that's a paradox. So to to see that something is big is an intangible asset. Like how big is the world? How, How big is planet Earth? How big is human culture? Right? These sort of questions. Now, whatever comes up for you, however you answer that, whatever that stirs within you, whatever your response to that question is, how big is the world, that depends on your skill to have size within your experience. And it's not quite conceptually, right? It's not quite mental. It's not, it's not even experiential. Right? Because you don't really experience 
the size of the world when we're just talking about it here. Now, of course, you can go off and do that. <laughs> that's another sort of depth. That's a rabbit hole we need to get into on another on another day. But just even to have that as something stirring within you. How big is the world? Well, that's up to your richness in that asset. The ability of size. Another way this applies is with your problems. Have you got a big problem? And can you see how small that problem really is? Classic example. Perfect example of size. When you have a big problem and you're right in the middle of it, if you could just see how you can step back and see that this is actually a small problem, then, wow, how much difference would that make? Another example would be, how big is this conversation? This conversation that we're having right now, this this talk that I'm giving you, how big is it? Now, of course, you can see immediately that that doesn't mean how long it's going for, right? It's going for an hour and what minutes? It's not big by me going on and on and on and on. It's big by its impact. And it might not be making a big impact, or it might be. The episodes that really do make an impact on you, from whoever speaker you like, you would say, that's big. That's massive. I remember talks from people that made a massive impact on my life. That was a huge moment for me, right? This way of talking. It really is in some ways just a way of talking. That was a huge moment in my life is a, is a great phrase. Or those moments don't seem so big anymore. That's not really so big to me anymore, even though it was. Ah, it seems so small. It seems so far away, right? That is a skill. That is an intangible asset that you have within your own personal experience. So that's the list. Let me run through it one more time. This is the top 20 or so intangible assets. The ability to harness anger. A bright face. Resilience in the face of challenge. Sustainability. Independence from substances and chemicals. Clear thinking and the ability to differentiate between clear thinking and unclear thinking. Decision making. A strong voice. Seeing beyond the surface appearance of things. Connection with silence. Grounding. The ability to fly. The ability to go all in or totality. The ability to give it all away. Inspiration. Admiration of a person. Family resolve and relationship resolve. The pride humility paradox. Indulgence. Memory. And size. So that's it. There's more assets. There's more components to the individual experience of life. You can find this in Greek philosophy, in Hindu mythology, in the Abrahamic religions, in Zen philosophy, and the Eastern philosophies. So at least that's a start. At least that's a few that I've been thinking about recently. (laughs) So... Thanks very much for tuning in. This has been a good one. I really like this one. This might be one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I sort of, I sort of want to, I want to sort of want the co- the episode to continue because I'm having so much fun. <laughs> right? I can think of some other things to say, but well, I guess, I guess we can make another episode. Right? You can go and listen to another episode. So that will be fun, 
and we'll do that very soon. So thanks very much. Please do subscribe. Check out my online courses. Enroll today. There's a variety of courses that you can enroll in. And we'll be back very soon with more. Hope you have a good rest of your day. And that's all I have to say for now.